Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kate Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Hey! Hey! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Maduke, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Maduke, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. We have made it through the entire regular season, the entire fantasy season. It feels so good to be done. I'm not going to lie. It was a fun season. It was a crazy season, but I, I was here for it. It's it's exhausting. It was exhilarating, and then it became exhausting again. I think it's just <laughs> waves and waves of those two feelings throughout. But we did it. That's fair. And then you know, week eighteen. There's not fantasy for most people, but your team, the Packers, and our team, the Steelers. They both had chances to make it into the playoffs and um you know they both missed out now, i will say us losing out was less heartbreaking because like at least we won our game and like we needed other things to happen but so many everything happened that they needed for the last few weeks besides the jets beating the dolphins so we were really so close. close you guys on the other hand all you had <laughs> to do was win and you were in Terrible. how what was it like watching that game brutal it was the least fun I've ever had watching an NFL game. It was a Detroit Lions team that had been eliminated earlier in the day by the Seahawks. Yeah. And uh, I think everybody kind of skipped over them. They're like, yeah, we're good now, right? We basically did what we need to do just by showing up. And that wasn't the case. It was it was frustrating. So who is everyone rooting for in the playoffs now that our teams are eliminated? Ooh, that's a great question. I came into this season being stupidly high on the Jaguars, and I felt stupid at various points in the season, (laughs) but now I'm back to feeling good about it, so I'm going to ride that, and I'm going to go with the Jags. Okay. Do you actually think they're going to win the Super Bowl, though, or are you just rooting for them? No, I'm rooting for them to at least get close. I'm obviously rooting for the 49ers. I, uh, if you guys don't listen and you're a 49ers fan, you should go over to the Niners Nation podcast and listen to the Gold Diggers podcast. It's every Friday on the show, but they have a show day of the week. It's fantastic. But I'll be rooting for the 49ers. What about you, Kate? I think I still got to root for the Bills. Like, just so fun. I love hey, Josh Allen. I wouldn't Allen. be upset. I, yeah, I, I can't not root for Josh Allen. Bill's 49ers Super Bowl would be perfection. That would be perfection. But I'm still holding out hope that my preseason prediction, which people scoffed at a little bit too hard, of the Bills Eagles Super Bowl can still come to fruition if Jalen Hurts gets healthy. Thank God for that first round bye. Yeah. My pick before the season was Chargers Eagles. So both still have a chance. I don't think the Chargers are all that great. So I don't know how it goes. Did you make a prediction before the season? 
I made no prediction because I I knew whatever it was, it was not going to work out. Uh, Packers. Uh, <laughs> Jake, you know if you never if you never make a prediction, you can't be wrong yeah. about it. So that's I can never get hurt. Side. We yeah. did make many predictions this off season. You guys like really set me up there, and I really thank you for that. We made many predictions this off season, and we had some fun shows right before the season started. We had the you know hate to blast your bubble with takes that were like. We, we hate to make it sad, but these things aren't very smart for this year. We had let's get ballsy, some ballsy takes of ours. And then we had our debate show. So I just wanted to go over those real quick. Just, uh, you know, laugh at ourselves or give ourselves a pat on the back. There's some of that everywhere. And then we have some awards to hand out to fantasy players, you know, football players around the league. And when it comes to fantasy. So we'll get to that at the end here. But first up, let's go through these through our off season here. So hate to blast your bubble. I'll say this was our best category. We're very good at being mean. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of goes with our podcast, right? So that's good. Jake, your first one was Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson will finish much closer together than you want. Now, I don't think it was in any way that we were predicting, but you were right. I mean, it was Daryl Henderson the first half of the season and then Cam Akers the second half. And it was equally icky. Uh, yeah. for everybody because <laughs> yeah. nobody liked either part of it and you know if you ended up picking up cam Akers off the waivers towards the end there he, he was pretty good he was solid so it, it came along but yeah drafting either of these guys did not work out very well now my first hate to blast your bubble was darnell mooney is not worth his current adp of wide receiver 25 uh yeah not even not even close to worth that did he have any viable games a couple not great a- Viable yeah, meaning if you like you started him religiously, like you were you were yeah, you were happy yeah. if you got you 10 PPR points. Like that's yeah. pretty much what you're looking for. It was not great. Kate was Javante Williams would be the biggest bust in the first two rounds of your fantasy drafts. Now he did get injured, so we didn't really get to see this play out, but he wasn't like amazing before his injury. So he was drafted. I do think he would have been good if he never got injured, but we never got to see it. And also it wasn't great before the injury. So we can't hate on you. It wasn't great before the injury, but like, I, I think it probably would have gotten better. Um, so I'll, I'll poo on myself a little bit there. Um, Cause we did see like the biggest barrier to that for me was Melvin Gordon. And we saw that go up in flames very quickly. Um, I, you know, I don't really know what, what the, the tipping point there was for Melvin Gordon, but um, after a really strong week one against literally one of the best fantasy matchups for running backs, Javante Williams didn't do much. Um, so, yeah, well, I think that was yeah, fine. It, 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 this is just like Jake's number two. DeAndre Hopkins isn't worth a top 30 wide receiver pick. I feel like that's fine. He, he was good when he came back, but not like earth shattering. And I you mean, had he did have over five top 12 performances out of like his first six games back. He did fade away in the playoffs. I mean, that was just as much with the quarterback play, though. So I can't yeah. even put that on him. I mean, I still probably like I still feel good with it because who wants to hold him for six weeks while he does yeah. nothing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine. I love this one just because I don't like this player. And I'm just happy I was right. <laughs> Derek Carr is not going to win you a fantasy championship. Oh, my lordy. This is not going to win you any championship. This seems so fantasy. silly now. People are like, yeah, who is saying that? It's like people actually wanted to draft <laughs> Derek Carr in fantasy leagues last year. Like this was a thing. I'm not making it up. Uh, and I had to say this. And it wasn't a crazy, you know, at the time you guys weren't like, duh, Michelle. It's like, 
it was a question. And you know he did not win you fantasy championship. He didn't even play in the fantasy yeah. championship. <laughs> yes. He doesn't even have a job at this moment. And then Kate's last one was great too. Rashad White is going to have a bigger role than you want him to have in year one, which was definitely true. Let's get ballsy. Um, not as good as our hate to blast your bubble, but yeah, so let's move on. There was some good ones. <laughs> Jake DeAndre Swift will be a massive bust at running back. Cha-ching. You hit that one. I will give you a drink for that. You think massive? I mean, he was definitely a he bust. Was he had a couple yeah, he of games. Massive bust. He was game. a massive yeah. bust. He was injured. Just take it. I'm trying to no. downplay my confidence. No, he was injured for a little bit, but that had nothing to do with his massive bust for most of the season. No, he okay, was I'll a take massive, the compliment. massive it's bust. Fine. Okay. Kate said, Jalen Hurts is this year's Josh Allen. And that was true. Yeah, that was true. Yeah. Good job. Mine two were terrible. So I said, Trey Lance is this year's 2021 Jalen Hurts. Injury. We got one game. Injury, so though. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And then my other one was Cortland Sutton will be a top eight wide receiver with a floor of wide receiver 15. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Everything I said about Cortland Sutton this offseason needs to just be uh, deleted, thrown out the window. (laughs) Um, That was that was terrible. That was my worst. I was high on Sutton. It's just it's whatever, man. Russell Wilson. No, Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know. Blame anybody but Sutton. Kate had another good one. Damian Pierce will be a top 24 running back. Uh, I don't know what he ended up, but she also mentioned he's easily the Texans RB1, which he was. He he was a decent draft pick. Like he was solid. Just saying that was, I think that episode, I think took place first week of August. Yeah. Before the Damian hype train. Uh, we know. Released. Okay. I'm just okay. saying. Give me a pat on back. And then Jake's. This one was just as bad as my Cortland son. Adam Thielen will easily be a top 15 wide receiver. Oh, I no. Hate it. I hate it. And I said easily. What kind yeah. of a fool? Why did you have to that? add in the easily? <laughs> I think it, ma- it made it sound ballsier that way. Yeah. <laughs> it was already ballsy enough. To call Adam Thielen a top 15. You didn't need to add in the easier. I don't even know if he ended as a top 40 wide receiver. To be 29 fair. in PPR. Oh, so damn. still, it didn't feel wow. that way though. See, fantasy sucked this year. If Adam Thielen was the wide receiver 29 in PPR, just fantasy was just not great this year. A lot of bad plays. Damian yeah. Pierce finishes the RB 27 and played 13 games. So there you go. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone he's around there, he had more points per game. So you're good. You're good. And then lastly, before we get into our awards here, the off-season debate, right? We have our big debate show. It's my favorite show of the off-season. It really is. But it feels like both of these last few years, when we look back on it, we're like, it was kind of all pointless. (laughs) (laughs) So we talk about, we need to like pick better guys next year so they don't end up being pointless. But Jake, you and I debate, you beat me. You took David Montgomery. I took Antonio Gibson, and yeah. Gibson was very bad this year. David Montgomery is pretty solid for most of the year. He's solid. He's fine. fine. So I'll yeah. take a drink for that one. I was definitely wrong. Okay. I mean, fine, All right. but barely. <laughs> and then Kate versus Jake. She took Juju. You took Rashad Bateman. I'm now, blind leading the blind. Bateman got hurt, <laughs> but also, yeah, I think he it wasn't good. Been- even yeah. when he was healthy, he wasn't. He had one boom game. So I'm I'm conceding this regardless. Okay. 
I do think it would have been close. Like Juju ended as the wide receiver 27. I think it was kind of up and down year for him, but, but like Juju, I think also was on a really good pace and then got that concussion and never feels like he really got back on track. Um, I'm going to say both of these uh, disappointing. Yeah. And then I killed Kate in this last one. So definitely take a sip. CD lamb versus Mike Evans. Not even close. Yikes. Get out of here. Take your sip. Or your Mike Evans love. I'm just gonna go. Your I'm worst just take. Your worst take of the offseason was Mike Evans. Mine was uh, Cortland Sutton. Jake, what was yours? Uh, was mine you? was not being willing to draft Travis Kelsey yes. in the yes. first two rounds. I'd say that qualifies as a bad take. That's a really bad one. I didn't know you said first two rounds. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. pretty brutal. All right, that was fun to look back on and see where we were right, where we were wrong. Uh, we're so grateful that. You guys stuck with us yeah, this season, though. You. This was this was a really good one. Um, we are sorry that we didn't get to a Week 18 episode. Um, it didn't really feel right uh, as the league kind of continued to work through uh, the Demar Hamlin news. Can we just talk about updates. how last week, like we canceled the show because we didn't know any, we really didn't hear any news on Hamlin, and it was just like still so heavy on our hearts, and it was. None of us wanted to talk about yeah, fantasy. Nobody wanted to talk about fantasy. And then a week later, like we are a week later and he went home today, even from the second hospital, he was discharged and he is home today. That is amazing. Like how, oh, that just feels so good that the doctors were able, like just credit to the medical staff, the doctors and everybody. I, I'm just so happy that we had that news and it, it was all good and he's home today. And that's amazing. It's incredible news. And please remember, go learn CPR. Like that's, that's the biggest takeaway. I've been so blown away by the generosity of NFL fans, like all NFL fans and uh, their donations to DeMar's GoFundMe account. I, I think it's over like $8.5 million right now, far surpassing his goal of $2,500. But the one thing that you could do that could like save the next person's life is to go learn CPR. So check out the American Heart Association uh, and the resources they have because they've got a lot of them. I love that. Love that. Great advice here from our ex-nurse. Yeah. Former. Yeah. Former. Way yeah, back ex- in the day. That's a better word. Former <laughs> instead of yeah. ex. Yeah. It sounds like I got uh, <laughs> like disbarred. I'm, <laughs> I'm in good standing. All right. Let's, let's start up these awards. You know, we got to start with our two main awards that we do pretty much every episode during the season. So we have our most, most scrumptious player of the year. And our second one will be biggest pooper of the year so those are our first two we're going to get into let's start with most scrumptious we'll start nice here player that you know gave us good value plus was very good so don't name someone that was drafted in the first round but jake who is your most scrumptious player of the year my most scrumptious player is one that i actively avoided in drafts his name is josh jacobs and this dude was a consistent stud at the running back position when there wasn't a lot of studs to be found, at least not on a consistent basis. It felt like after a tiny smidge of a slow start where he didn't crack the top 12, top 15 until week four, from that point forward, it was set it and forget it with him. And he was in that running back dead zone in drafts where people just kind of felt like, uh, I guess I'm going to take him. Maybe I'll take Antonio Gibson instead. Like that was the kind yeah. of conversation you were having. And I would have taken Gibson instead. So don't listen yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. He's hey, fantastic. 
Who is your uh, most scrumptious player of the year? I'm a little bit scared. It's going to be our sa- my same guy. So we don't know, right? We don't know each other's picks. I wanted to just be surprised. Who is it? Yeah, usually we go into the dock and like, you know, we don't duplicate picks, but we kept them all secret. It's Tony Pollard, who is one of my favorite off-season values. And I'm so, so happy with what we saw. It was the RB9 in PPR leagues, uh, ranked sixth in total touchdowns among running backs. Like, this dude performed, uh, and he won you some weeks starting midseason um, as Zeke kind of worked through some health issues. You saw that workload increase, and you saw him be incredibly efficient with the workload he was given. Um, he was one of those guys that I drafted in a lot of leagues, was kind of just sitting on my on my bench. I was hoping he was going to get a lot of work as a receiver, especially with the fact that Cedric Wilson went to the Dolphins and it didn't end up being that at all. Like that's not where he got his value. Uh, but I think we saw this year that he and Zeke can kind of live in harmony and that's a good pairing. So right off the bat, we chose the same guy. So I also chose Tony Pollard. He actually, he's a beast. Man. You were much higher in Tony Pollard than I was this off season. I just, He's really freaking good. The thing is, he had so many massive weeks, but he also was super consistent. I feel like, especially starting in like week five or so on, like you could really just trust him. You threw him in and he was going to have a good performance. So yeah, my most scrumptious player is definitely Tony Pollard. I love that for, I guess. It was a good value. Like, so I think that conversation leads us into like, what do you expect in? Don't look at my screen. Oh, I'm not. Don't girl. look at my screen, girl. I have my own picks ready. Don't I worry. think Tony. So how... I think the so, question is, what do you envision for the Dallas Cowboys at the running back position moving forward? Because Zeke is still eating up. Feed Zeke. He's already been fed a lot of money, um, but like they're still not at a point where they can really get out of that contract. Tony Pollard's a free agent. What do you do with this backfield? Because I think Tony Pollard is about to get paid, son. Where would we want him to go? Jake, where would be your number one spot for Tony Pollard? Uh, Honestly, with the looming suspension of Alvin Kamara coming up, I think going to the Saints might be pretty nice for him. That would be nice. I have a better better pick. Okay, where? Miami Dolphins. Send him to... The Dolphins, where there's obviously some uncertainty at quarterback and the the future of Tua. But, I mean, I feel like the one sort of missing piece, they've invested um, in so many different positions. But, like, the one kind of instability they have is the running back position. You get Tony Pollard, who's super explosive. Uh, I don't think he's going to cost, you know, as much as a Saquon Barkley, per se. Um like I think the Dolphins could get a lot of value there and get a lot of upside uh, out of this potential play. All right, let's move on to well, you know a little bit more negative talk here. Hey, that's the what we're biggest good at. pooper, stinky, stinky, farty pooper. There's so the many adjectives. The st- I mean, poopiest. all the same adjective, basically. Yeah, yeah. the poopiest player of the year for fantasy. You know, I'm sure they're great at their job. But for fantasy, the biggest pooper of the year. I'm sure they're great at their job. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll let you go first. And then we'll go to Jake. And I'm then gonna, me. I'm going to take a personal dig at my co-host, Jake, here. 
Um, it's Aaron Rodgers for me, who I didn't expect a lot out of Aaron Rodgers this year. But like, I want to shout out that he was especially poopy because his actual finish was QB 13. And he killed you this year. Like, if you started him, he literally murdered you. He's QB 13 because he played all the games. Like, that's it. Um, just two weeks as a top 12 quarterback in the entire season. Not a single game did he finish above QB7. That's that's bad. Just one game where he threw more than two touchdowns in a game this year. Like, I didn't ex- like I, I expected a downgrade without Devontae Adams, but I didn't expect it to be this bad. And I think it's kind of interesting because Aaron Rodgers, like, again, that end of season finish feels a lot better uh, than it actually felt all season because he would have destroyed your roster. He was unplayable. Yeah, I don't take that as a dig, by the way. I think I was probably the lowest on Aaron Rodgers of the three of us with our rankings. I think I had him like quarterback 15 or 16. Like, I'm just ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Certainly the game against the Lions made that sentiment a lot stronger. Uh, And for fantasy purposes, too, it's like he's super unreliable and and good riddance to you. I agree. I agree. I, I do you think he retires? I don't know. He's going to waver. He's going to spend the next four months wavering. Yeah, about it. it's so annoying. These, these cryptic are... messages on Twitter. Oh, oh my God. I know. I cannot do another Aaron Rodgers offseason. Good Lord. He loves the drama. All right, Jake, who is your biggest pooper of the year? It's also a quarterback. Mine was too. Don't take some it. Folks were pretty into with so- a team change it's russell poopy wilson so it's not so we have three different quarterbacks in this slot but russell finished uh at quarterback 16 i think and it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter whatever he did it it looks better than what you saw out there week to week he had like two playable weeks two playable weeks and they weren't even the ones that you thought you know how i know that because i thought i knew them and i tried (laughs) to pretend that he was going to be a good play for some of our starts on those weeks. And he wasn't. It was abysmal. He had two finishes uh, in the fantasy season where he was at least a QB 12. I mean, what? What, Russell? And I guess we can blame Nathaniel Hackett. That seems to be the going uh, narrative right now. So we'll see what happens next year. Maybe he's a buy low candidate in Dynasty. I don't know. Listen, I just want to say I win this award, right? When you... I think my guy is clearly the poopiest. So let me get to this. It's Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was the poopiest fantasy player of the year. He was a top five round pick. So with Russell and with Aaron Rodgers, they're a little bit later, you know, eighth, seventh, eighth, ninth round. You can get them in a one quarterback league. Justin Herbert, though, was going as early as fourth round, fifth round. Like you were taking him because you're like, I want a difference maker at the quarterback position. And I'm going to forego taking a wide receiver running back at that round. Like you may have taken him over Josh Jacobs. Like there's a lot of guys that you may have taken Herbert over that just destroyed you. Herbert was the quarterback 17 in points per game. He scored 16.9 points per game. Daniel Jones averaged 18.4. So a, a one and a half points more per game than Justin Herbert. Yes. Sam Darnold and his five starts averaged 17.3 points per game, more than freaking Justin Herbert averaged this year. And the worst part, and I think this is why he makes it the poopiest is with 
Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, you knew pretty quickly in the air, oh, I need to find a different quarterback. I, I'm going to go off the waivers. I'm going to use them. I'm going to use great matchups. I'm going to get me a Daniel Jones or a Justin Fields. Like, you you are able to use the waivers. With Justin Herbert, you're always like, oh, it's going to happen. Like, he'll, like it, he'll have a big game. Like, it's going to happen. And you're always too scared, I was anyways, to bench him ever. Ever bench him. Even when you knew a different quarterback was going to have a better, better week, you're still too scared all the way through that the entire season because he's Justin Herbert. And it just was so bad. It was so bad. He lost people fantasy leagues. He lost people fantasy leagues. Lost me fantasy leagues. And this is why I'm really upset. I think he's a great player. I think he looked great this year. I think he threw a ton. It's just he threw too many times to Austin Eckler, which was great for Austin Eckler. Bad for fantasy. I mean, I think, like, you hit the nail on the head there. And, too, like, the draft capital piece made it impossible to sit him. And the upside made it impossible to sit him. Like he was, but there was no upside this year. There was no upside this year, but um, I mean, we have to, I think, take into account the injury, right? His rib injury. No, I I think it it took him a little bit to look normal again. Didn't have Keenan Allen for a good portion of the season. Um, Mike Williams wasn't totally helped. Like there were different variables that I think, compounded he needs a new the coach. bad season he needs a new coach and i'll give him another chance but as long as uh what's his name brandon staley as long as brandon staley sir i'm never drafting justin herbert again all right Ooh. let's move on to can hand- i say real Sorry, quick before ahead. we move on can i yeah. say i am shocked none of us chose kyle pitts for that in immediate retrospect i can't believe none of us because none of kyle us liked pitts. him very much we were yeah. not on the Kyle Pitts train. We were very much off of it. At least I was. Okay. And I, I, no I feel was like high we were here. all just a little concerned on draft price. And yeah, I was never taking yeah. him in anything. So he wasn't like, these are very much like Justin Herbert hurt my feelings this year and lost <laughs> some leagues. Kyle Pitts wasn't on a single one of my teams because he cost like a gazillion dollars. And no, that was never happening. Fair. Yeah, I think that's the difference there. Um, but yeah, Kyle Pitts. For like by and large, uh, for the fantasy community in terms of investment, yes, Kyle Pitts a hundred percent probably deserves that award yeah. over any of. I actually kind of forgot about him. him. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie; like I forgot he existed and her. Like the best thing for fantasy managers, I'm gonna make that very clear for Kyle Pitts as a person, it's not good, and for like you know. But him getting injured and like not having to be like he's kind of like the Justin Herbert where like you know his ceiling's high, so you can never sit him. But then, like, they never do it. And it's like, oh, my God, like, week after week. So. Took the decision out of your hands. Yes, it did. Let's move on to this is a different kind of award. Hand me a drink award. So a guy that just made you want to drink on Sundays because, you know, you kept starting him because he had big games. And then he would have bad games and then good games and bad games. He drove you freaking crazy. And you were just too invested. Who was it? Uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Oh boy, Mike Evans. We talked about him a little bit at the top of the show. Mike Evans had those spurts of like, that's who I wanted. That's who I drafted in week four against Kansas City when he puts up like 30 points. You're like, there's the Mike Evans I know and love. And then he goes stale. And then week seven against the Carolina, he's like, oh, he's kind of getting his groove back. I feel comfortable with him again. You know, just when you think maybe you should take him out of your lineup or uh, even consider it at any point. And then it's just like nothing, 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 nothing. Until week 17, the fantasy championships, he's the wide receiver one, the wide receiver one with like a crazy 50 points. 
That's so Mike Evans. That is when so everyone Mike was Evans. already like anyone that had Mike Evans on the roster were most likely just not in the finals. And then yeah. he goes off in the finals. So, and all, uh, some people who probably did have him and made it all the way there, they probably made it there because they ended up benching Mike Evans, right? And they're going with different guys. So maybe they didn't even play Mike Evans in that final round. And yeah, of course he went off then. You're so right. That is so him. I'd love to get the data like from ESPN Fantasy or Sleeper on like what percentage of championship rosters actually played Mike Evans in week yeah. 17. Cause I'm going to guess outside of like dynasty teams. I feel like, like people would have benched Mike Evans for sure. Unless it's I lost team. my dynasty. It's not all Mike Evans fault, but uh, in the one league I have Mike Evans in a dynasty, I lost the week prior because he did nothing. Now also Justin Jefferson did nothing. Like there's a lot of pieces to it that did not, it's not just Mike Evans fault, but if Mike Evans had that game the week prior, it would have been great. Anyways. Doesn't matter. I am getting way too upset right now. <laughs> <laughs> my hand me a drink was Travis Etienne. My love this offseason. Now, I feel like everyone saw the talent, right? Every time he touched the ball, it felt like he gained 20 yards. Like, super talented guy. And when he got 20 touches, he was amazing. They, there was a handful of games. He was very good for fantasy. And then, you know, you just had the issues with not starting there for the first five weeks and the team being obsessed with James Robinson for whatever reason. And then when he finally got hot, he had his ankle injured and then it took so long to come back. That was just an up and down roller coaster. It really was. I hope for next year to be more stable, use him more as a receiver. That would be fantastic. But yeah, he made me, you know, he made me want to have some drinks. That's for sure. Kate, who was your hand me a drink player? It was DeAndre Swift who got off to a really good start despite like in the first two weeks of the season, Jake, you were probably sweating because he was an RB1 back-to-back weeks, uh, started the year off with a 26 fantasy point game. Like he started hot. He looked amazing. He looked efficient, but he got injured. And then once he returned, it just kind of shriveled to dust. He didn't play a full allotment of snaps. He wasn't a workhorse. Um, Jamal Williams got all of the goal line work. Um, the usage was totally puzzling. He's averaged a, a career high 5.5 yards per attempt. He looked explosive when he was actually getting touches, but they weren't utilizing him. And I, I don't know if there was any sort of like, like, I know he wasn't on the injury report, but he's got these chronic issues. He had an ankle, he had a shoulder, um, They've come out to say that he's not going to have surgery uh, in the offseason, which tells me he's probably like, even if it wasn't a, uh, you know, something to hold him out of games, like it's probably a chronic injury that he was managing throughout the entire season. So I'm really hoping that he's burned just enough people over the last three years that I'll be able to get him at a value. And then they'll come out next year and utilize him more heavily because Jamal Williams is on the final year of his deal. Maybe they bring him back, but if not, DeAndre Swift time, finally? I'm going to let you take him. I'm going to let you take his value. (laughs) Uh, Jake, you already went with this, right? What was it again? I already forgot. Uh, Mike Evans, because you wanted so bad. Yes, 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 yes. I knew it was somebody that I was adamant uh, about being annoyed about. All right, let's move on to our next award. Waiver Wire Steal of the Year. Waiver Wire Steal of the year. I wanted to repeat that because it came out weird. 
listen. So we were in one league and during the draft, everyone was like, oh, you win at the draft. This was like, this was a brand new league we were in. We were in with my co-host from the 49ers podcast. As soon as they said that, I was like, oh man, we got this. We got this. Like, cause the waiver wire is where you win your leagues. Yes. If you draft, well, that's going to help you, but you gotta be super active on waivers. There's only four playoff teams out of 12. Kate and I both made the playoffs in that league because we were extremely active on the waiver wire. So I just really wanted to say that about this award. It's so important to be active. Jake, I'll let you go first. I'll go second. I haven't gone first yet. I'll go first the next one. But uh, we haven't had any duplicates since the first one. Jake, who is your waiver wire steal of the year? We'll see if we dupe it up here or not. But we all mentioned quarterbacks as our biggest pooper, which makes a guy like Geno Smith, who was undrafted in just about every single league out there, that much more valuable especially when you consider he was the QB six overall, uh, depending on your scoring format, of course. Uh, But what, what Geno Smith, the guy who we didn't know for certain, whether it was him or Drew Locke, who was going to be starting for this team until like weeks before days before, maybe even the season. And all of a sudden he's, he's your cure. If you had, Justin Herbert, maybe you didn't feel as comfortable grabbing him right away, but if you had Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, like you probably did, uh, and he carried you. He had a couple of down weeks. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he was Mr. Stud all the way through, but he was good enough to carry you, hopefully, to the playoffs at that position. He was better than uh, Justin Herbert. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. That's for sure. No, I I like that one. I I think he was a, a great waiver wire pickup if you needed him. I would have, I wish I did it in my leagues with Justin Herbert, but you know, I stuck it out. My guy, I'm going to go second and then I'll let Kate go. I don't know if you chose my same one. I think it's Jarek McKinnon. I actually don't think it's a discussion. Like it is. That was mine as well. Okay. So it's, it's Jarek McKinnon. I mean, if you got him, you very likely made it pretty far in your playoffs. Like if you already won the first half, if you're already doing well, the first half of the season and then also picked up Jarek McKinnon and just added him to your lineup. That's just like pretty much unfair. I mean, weeks 13 through 17, the most important weeks of the year, 14, 32, 34, 13, 13, 23. So even like on his down weeks, there still weren't down. And then he also had massive weeks as well. The interesting thing is, though, like those end of season games, that's where he he pretty much got no rushing work. Like that was all as a receiver to close out the season. And yes, the the touchdowns helped tremendously. But I mean, the the performance he put up was absolutely league winning. My issue with Jarek McKinnon is there were a couple of leagues where I got him on the waiver wire and I didn't trust him enough to start him. So I grabbed him. But I, he didn't actually win me anything because I was like, okay, it like it has to end at some it point. It has to end at some yeah. point. There's no way that this guy who's getting, you know, five, six, seven rush attempts per game is going to continue this kind of production. He did. So I was wrong. But that was my issue with Jarek McKinnon. And that's why I almost didn't put him in this spot. But I mean, for those that if you did pick him up and you did yeah, play him, he was a he, smash he dunk. Uh, from weeks 10 on smash dunk um (laughs) from weeks 10 on mckinnon was rb5 like 10 on is like half the season uh he was behind only christian mccaffrey josh jacobs austin eckler and tony pollard those guys are good those guys are pretty good pretty pretty crazy uh and kate 
so yours was Jarek McKinnon as well. Have any other name on your mind? Like, I think Deonta Foreman could have been brought up. He was a pretty good grab. Yeah, but then once you got to the championship, yeah, kind of kicked you in the cojones. So might have got you there after the Christian McCaffrey trade, but did didn't do you justice when you really, really needed him. Like he put up a pooper. Yeah. All right, we got 2023 Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold. Fool's Guild. Fool's Gold. So a guy that was really, really good in 2022 in fantasy, but you just you don't think he's going to have that same type of performance next year, and you think he's going to be drafted just too high for your uh, sanity. I think we're going to have all the same, same answer. Guy. All right, I'll, I'll go first, and I'm going to steal this one because I'm a selfish uh, host. I haven't gone first yet. All right, go. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I want you to go. And then Jake and I, we say, is this. Why don't we all say it at the same time? Ready? Three, two, one. Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know if it was going to be legit or not. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. oh wow. That was, that was yeah. so great, guys. I, I think we should end the show here. Yeah. <laughs> That was, was just, fantastic. That was perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's Jamal Williams, right? 17 rushing touchdowns this year. It's, what a freak. It, it's amazing. Six games with multiple touchdowns. With all that said, right? 17 rushing touchdowns. He still scored 10 or fewer points in a PPR league in nine games. More than 50% of his games this year, he scored 10 or fewer points. And he scored 17 rushing touchdowns. In games without a touchdown, it was seven points, five points, seven points, ten points, which, okay, fine. Three points, three points, three points. Like, you need the touchdown. And then he is in a contract year. We'll see, like, can the Lions afford him? Do they want to pay? I think they will because, like, he seems like a really lovable guy, a locker room guy. Yeah, he seems like a locker room guy, but it also seems like he really likes the Lions. Like, his post-game interview uh, after the defeat of Jake's Packers – um, he really seemed to just have like that vibe that he was a lion and a team guy vibe. Like he wasn't done with this team. Alan Lazard done with yeah. the Packers. Alan, or Jamal Williams did not give off the same vibe. I, I will say, I think if um, Jamal Williams ends up signing with another team, I don't think he'll be a very high fantasy draft pick, but I think if he ends up signing with the lions again, people are going to talk themselves into him being a top five round draft pick. And like four fifth round. And that's just too pricey for me. I don't think he's a bad pick. Like if you were to get him ninth, 10th round and hope for touchdowns again, and just have a guy that's touchdown dependent, that's fine. I think he's going to go way too high. Jake, you have anything to add there with Jamal Williams? It's 50% of his fantasy points are coming from touchdowns. That's what we call unsustainable in the biz. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be (laughs) avoiding him, unfortunately, but I'll be keeping an eye on him keenly on my television because dude is entertaining as hell i love like he's one of my favorite humans i don't know like i don't even know the man but when i when you listen to him talk in his interviews he seems like a guy you would just love like he just is so easy it seems like he's so easy to get along with he is hilarious he's just seems like an awesome dude so i'm rooting for him to be great it's just i'm not going to be drafting him in the fourth or fifth round next year and i think if he resigns with the lions that's where he'll be drafted he seems like i i feel like my best friend like yeah my best friend that i don't even know (laughs) you should start writing him letters just do it i I bet if anybody would respond it would be him 
It would a hundred like, and that's why I but love it him a, so much. It'd be a letter that you didn't even understand at all because it would just be like a bunch Zip of zorp. Yeah, it would be a bunch of like anime or just SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He'd write back in Klingon. Like I don't know, but I want that in my life. I want that kind of energy in my life. Um, so I think that's where I'm going. All right, we got two more awards left. We got 2023 breakout and 2023 101. So let's start with the breakout. Jake, who's your 2023 breakout for next year? I'm going to get hurt by this guy. I just know it. But I can't help but think Kadarius Tony could finally have his year next season oh, with the Chiefs. I'm I'm ready for the hurt. Because if you saw, like, on the games, the very few games where he actually played, and was healthy, and was out there with them. He looked great. Man, he looked great. And the wide receivers there right now, not all of them look so great. Like, MVS, not looking so hot. Who could have called that? But you would think the Chiefs would have (laughs) been able to call that, but they didn't. And so it's a little concerning, and uh, I think his role, if he's allowed to have a bigger one next year, and I think he will need to earn that through the offseason, but I could see him becoming a guy that is very worth, you know, a top 25 wide receiver pick and could get you some crazy boom weeks. I could see Juju back with the Steelers, honestly. So Juju's already a free agent again this year. Maybe he resigns to the Chiefs, but, um, you know, I think he had a solid year for them. But there's been rumors swirling around Deontay Johnson getting traded. I think that'd be really stupid of the Steelers. But if they were to do that, there's like no free agent wide receivers this year. So I do think they would have to bring a Juju loved the city of Pittsburgh. He wanted to play his whole career there. I think they could get him without paying him an absurd amount. And I don't think anything he's did this, like he's done this year will make him have a huge contract, but he is the best free agent on the market. So maybe teams will be looking at him. I, just, I think he might be a Steeler again next year. That's how I feel. That had nothing to do with what we were talking about, but I just want to bring that up. Uh, Kate, who is your 2023 breakout? Khalil Herbert, come on down. Oh, wow, that you went really off the that's that's interesting. I like it. I actually don't think it's that far off because it it didn't really feel like Khalil Herbert did anything. And that's why I'm kind of excited. I think like if you're in a dynasty league, go buy Khalil Herbert right freaking now. Like right now, before people kind of remember that uh David Montgomery is gone. Uh, I think this is going to be like a whole new regime, but Khalil Herbert just freaking crushed it. Among running backs with at least 100 rush attempts, Khalil Herbert led the league in yards per attempt. Seven, 5.7 yards per rush attempt. That is incredible, ladies and gentlemen. Like he was super efficient, ranked fourth in yards after contact per attempt. Um, you know, like even despite barely touching the ball, uh, had more missed force tackles than Cordell Patterson, uh, Kareem Hunt, Joe Leonard Mixon. Fournette, How Joe just- Mixon, yeah. Damian Harris, Antonio Gibson. Like there were a lot of uh, AJ Dillon, even who had. You're telling me, like- I'm sorry, Joe Mixon had some of the most carries in the league, and he's down here with Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette and Antonio Gibson and James Robinson with oh my god you guys I can't with this Joe Mixon stuff I can't (laughs) he's he didn't even end as a top six running back and he had a 50 something point game and this is points per game I'm talking here like I know he missed a couple games but 
in points per game, he still didn't even end as a top six running back. And he had a 55 point game. Like, Get this remains a non-Joe Mixon podcast. Yeah, in case anyone get away wondering. from me. His stats are just such garbage. They're I mean, so it's, bad. it's crazy. But Khalil Herbert, even uh, rush attempts of 10 or more rush yards, tied for the 15th most in the NFL. This is purely as a backup. Like, this guy did work. He was so efficient. And he's going to get a really, really big opportunity in the season to come. I think the team likes him too. Yeah. So I, 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 I think... could see them just sticking with like, there's no reason to pay David Montgomery. He's done nothing to show you he should be paid. So yeah, I, I, I like he's done his... nothing to show you he should be paid, but he's done enough to get a contract elsewhere. Honestly, I think this problem. is a brilliant pick by you because I like, I didn't even think about these guys like moving on from different teams. Yeah. I was just kind of thinking about rookies going into their second year. I think that's a fantastic pick. And someone, if you're playing in Dynasty, yeah, go try to get him cheap. Like, that's what people were doing with James Conner when they're worried about Le'Veon Bell holding out. You do it early, and then it ends up being a nice little reward. My breakout, I was between two guys. Uh, it's Traylon Burks with the Titans. I did like, I liked what I saw from him in the field. I know he didn't have really, like, any massive games, but he was playing on a crappy team with – crappy quarterback play and with Ryan Tannehill he was like when healthy with Ryan Tannehill he was pretty solid I do think this team changes quarterback so that will be a big part of it like who's the quarterback next year uh that will make up my mind a lot but Jamison Williams I wanted to bring up for the Lions I mean the play didn't even count right last week against the uh against the bear sorry against the Packers but that speed he had that speed he had to get to the end zone was spectacular. We saw how good he was in Alabama. I mean, he put up monster numbers and, you know, he was dealing with coming off an ACL tear from the championship game last year, college championship game. Next year, he should be fully back. I want the Lions to keep Jared Goff for the wide receiver's sake in fantasy. I think he was great for them. I think he played really well this year. He should be kept. They seem like they want to keep him. Too. Yeah. If they change quarterbacks, I might change my mind, but I think I'm going to go with Jamison Williams here. And I do think people will end up being high on him. So I don't know how many teams he'll be on in mind. It'll be t- depend on ADP. But he's definitely a guy that I think will have a really nice season in year two. You won't have to worry that- about the hard knocks bump next offseason. Yes. So that's good. That That definitely eliminates one problem. And also, like... I think the good thing is like you saw flashes whenever he got snaps, but the fact that this team limited his snaps, which was smart because they didn't even end up making the playoffs. And I don't think Jamison Williams would have been enough to move the needle for this team in the postseason. But like the, the fact that they limited his snaps, I think um, is probably going to drive down his ADP more than if he would have come back and seen an what, immediate full workload. What I thought was so huge is that we got to see that burst is still there. Like that speed, once he just accelerates, like it's, like it's still there. The ACL did nothing for that. So I, I, I think he's going to be a, a great player next year. Like he could play the DJ Chark role next year, but be a hundred times better than DJ Chark. So I hope Jared Goff stays. And I think he will be a great pick if he's like seventh round or later. We'll, we'll see where his ADP ends up at. And then last award here. It's not really an award, but last prediction, I guess, or last, whatever, whatever we want to call it. 2023 101. So if you're right now drafting for the 2023 year, who would be your 101 pick? Kate, you want to go first? 
I do. Thank you so much. Um, Cause I feel like somebody should want to steal my answer. It's and probably it, the same for. It is Austin Eckler. Oh, that's not the same. Really? No. I think this is like the clear cut one-on-one, no questions asked. Among running backs, ranks first in PPR points per game, first in scrimmage touchdowns, first in targets, sixth in opportunities, second in receiving yards. Like Austin Eckler was such a freaking stud. He had four finishes as the overall RB1 within the 2022 season. There was just one game, guys, one single game where he didn't finish inside the top 24, and he finished as RB27 in that game. One, It's incredible when you have four times the amount of games where you are the RB1 than you do games where you're an RB3. That's ridiculous. Like, so reliable. Austin Eckler's amazing. I'm not, I, he should be a top three pick. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to be mad at you for taking him at the 101. I just, why, but that's not my 101 pick. He's been healthy. Uh, he's been reliable. He's utilized as a receiver. Like, What's wild is he did repeat his touchdowns. So last year, you know, in 2021, he scored a ton of touchdowns. I, listen, I've loved Austin Eckler. So I've always been an Eckler trained proud of him for the last two seasons i'm fine to, like if i had to take him with the one-on-one i would not be mad it just wouldn't be my particular pick jake who's your one-on-one it's who my one-on-one should have been this past year uh christian mccaffrey i remain bullish on him going into this season once he switched teams once he got out of carolina if we if we politely ignore that first game that he had with San Francisco, where everybody thought the sky was falling because, Oh my God, Christian McCaffrey was so mediocre in that first game with them. If we look from week eight on, he was the guy, he was the number one running back. Uh, Yes. Austin Eckler still amazing, as you said, but Christian McCaffrey on that team is a dynamo. I mean, they know how to use running backs. They've used so much worse quarter or running backs rather on that team to great success. Christian McCaffrey is a match made in heaven. I'm just not going to tinker with that. I don't think. Uh, so my pick was also Christian McCaffrey. And I was, it's the same thing from week on eight on, because he really didn't play that much in week seven. They, he got traded to the 49ers right before week seven. So yeah, he was active, but he didn't start. He wasn't playing too much. It's week eight. He started and, you know, got the workload. He averaged 23 points per game from week eight on, which was by far the most among running backs. He was the RB one during that time. No other running back scored more than 20 plus points per game during that span. And it's Christian McCaffrey. Like, We've seen this from him now so many times where it's like he scores so many points when he plays and he's not healthy, like, like, and he's healthy. Like, this is what we were saying before. Like, if he stayed healthy, he's easily the 101. Like, over, I mean, I, at least Kate and I were saying this. I don't remember what you were saying, Jacob. I think we were all kind of on the same train there. It's like, if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy this year, he should be picked over Jonathan Taylor. It's just hard to know if he'll stay healthy now. This is what we need to learn about running backs. It's Christian McCaffrey who stayed healthy this year, Jonathan Taylor who did not. We cannot just say, oh, this guy's injury prone. It's like, no, all running backs are. And they all have their years where they have down years because of injury. And you cannot, like, choose because of that. Honestly, like, if a guy already had injuries the year prior, he may have gotten out of the system. You may be luckier next year. So that's just one thing I want to remember. There were two other guys I wanted to bring up for potential one-on-ones. I really do think. Now I get he's getting even older and older. Travis Kelsey at the 101, I do think is on the table. 
now he is a year older. So it is, I mean, what is he going to be next year? 33. That's scary to take a 33 year old tight end at the one-on-one, but he scored a hundred, a hundred more points than any other tight end this year. He truly was such a difference maker. It's just, if you had him, you won games because you had a free slot that no one else had a hundred more points than the tight end two, TJ Hawkinson. He scored 150 more points than the tight end five, Evan Ingram. It, it, he's just a cheat code. It's literally a cheat code. So I do think he should be a top five pick next year. And I wouldn't be mad if you wanted to take him at the one-on-one. What do you guys I almost, I almost put Travis Kelsey in here, but then I remembered Jake, you dummy. You got burned by saying <laughs> something like that two years ago. I was like, I'll take him at the one Oh four. And then people made fun of me rightfully because it didn't really pan out that year. So I'm, I'm tepid to anoint him because it could always happen where he falls back a little bit. And then that one position uh, that you think you have such an advantage of, you don't. But it's never going to be a bad pick. So, like, it's fine He's to have. the tight end one, like, for, what, eight years in a row or seven years yeah. in a row or something? Don't worry. Oh, the wow. year I pick him number one overall is the year he <laughs> Yeah, the issue is he like it was already like okay maybe he declines this year he didn't right and next year you like I don't expect them to have this great wide receiver like Tyree Kill like we'll see if they trade for anyone and then maybe that will change things but again it should prop the offense is probably going to run through Travis Kelsey again he was just so great and then one other guy I wanted to bring up before we close out the show I do think depending on landing spot in the draft Bijan Robinson. He's a Texas running back. He's going to be a first-round running back. He is freaking amazing. Like He is amazing. Depending on where he lands, I do think he's in play for 101. It's kind of like the Saquon Barkley when he was coming out as a rookie. He went sometimes 101. Like He went as a top three pick, and people thought maybe it was too high because he's a rookie. He was freaking amazing his rookie season. I think Bijan Robinson can have that same type of rookie season. It just depends on where he lands. Yeah. It's like the Zeke, Z- Saquon kind of thing. And I get it. I'm always going to be too scared to do that, I think. I don't know if I could ever pull the trigger on that at 101. But I get it. I get why you would. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be like when you know CMC is so good and he's on the 49ers and like you're you're just going to take CMC. But I do think Bijan will be in that conversation for top three. We'll see where he lands. But we have so many fun conversations to have this offseason. So many different moving parts of the NFL. Again, uh, I I do think, so we are going to take off the next few weeks on the podcast. So don't be looking for us until after the Super Bowl. We need to take this time off for our sanity. It's been a long, long year. We, We all work in, like, or Kate and I work in football, but you do a lot of stuff in football. It's not just this podcast. You do so, so much. So we all need to take this time to breathe and enjoy the playoffs, but we'll be back after the Super Bowl. I would like to make one last uh, shot bet. Oh, shot bet. So that when we come back after the Super Bowl, we have something that we're all uh, rooting for. Surprise. Why don't we all pick a Super Bowl winner? And if your got your team wins, then you get to give out the shots to the other two people. Ooh. What so do we do? have to make sure that we don't overlap then? Right? Yeah. We can't pick the same team. So we all have to okay. pick a different team. Oh, well, boy. we could technically all pick two teams, and then we all have two teams to root for. Like let's one see. AFC, one FC. Yeah, let's Ooh. really, let's really quickly go through <laughs> a, a little draft. We're gonna do it real, real quick. So do not take time. To Guys, think. this is impromptu. We did not plan this. We did not plan this. Oh, I don't know how to pick the order. 
we're gonna have to do it snake for sure right yeah for sure yeah i think so um i feel like i got to go first a lot for the other stuff i will take the third spot in in the first go around at least i'll take the second spot kate you can go first bills uh kate's got the bills jake are you writing it down uh, oh no, but I I can't. Uh, okay, well. I got I. Can't. <laughs> I don't know how Jake just suddenly became the writer downer of things. I know because he's. So I think I did it once. So responsible. Yeah, did so it responsible. Once. You do it yeah. once and you're stuck doing it for the rest of your life. Let that be a lesson. Oh, I don't want to root for the Chiefs, but I feel like they're the. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna go with 49ers. Wow. Whoa. Oh, should I take them second round? Shit. <laughs> Yeah, nobody no, else was gonna be. I wasn't at least. I don't know. No! Maybe okay. and I get to pick after your two picks. Gosh, yeah. Got it. Uh, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chiefs. Yeah, that's a smart one. And then who's your second pick? Uh, I'll take the Eagles. All right, and then. Oh, wait, do we I'm... have to do? Oh, wait, I, I might have. Do we have to do? Uh, no, you don't have from... to do NFC, and I mean, you don't have right. to do different. Okay. All right. Okay. Is that what you want, though? Still. Oh yeah. I really wanted one. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, I'll take the bangles uh, and then Kate. Uh, are the wait? So I get two back-to-back picks, correct? Okay, we're gonna do three teams each. That's fine. I thought you said three teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle, this is very poorly organized. Uh, well, it wasn't organized. <laughs> it was. Yeah, that that's true. It cannot be poorly organized if it were never organized to begin with. Um, true. Oh man, I'm gonna go. Uh, sorry, what was your pick? Uh, mine was the Bengals. Darn it! Uh, I'll take the Cowboys. Oh, okay. right. Well, you get two picks, so um, that's right. Who's oh. um, last? Chargers. Okay. All right, all right, Michelle. Who are you going with? Out of the there's not a lot of options left, but um, oh man, I'm going to be nice and leave your Enjoy team your for garbage. you. Uh, I, I'm not going to be mean and take the Jaguars away from you. I will go. No, you draft to win, Michelle. I don't think the Jaguars are going to win. I'll go with the. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with the Vikings. Oh my god! Well, you might as well pick. have just thrown your pick in the trash. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, with that, I will take the Jaguars just so I can root for that underdog team because nothing would thrill me more. I could say we could do one more round, but like, really, do we really think the Seahawks, the Giants, or the Dolphins without Tua? I don't think or the Ravens without Lamar are going to win the Super Bowl. Now, if Probably. they, if one of those teams that we did not pick out of this whole thing makes it, we have to each take at least two shots. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, we all got to shot it up pretty good. If that yeah, happens. if that happens, that would be about. Now, if Lamar plays, I might be sweating it out a little bit. What does he want? Like one playoff game in his career? So I think we'll be okay. Bengals fans, what a note or Ravens fans just us. all unsubscribed. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. All right. That was a really fun year. It was great. I mean, it was hectic and wild. And I can't wait to get back into it with you all in the offseason. We'll give you lots of great advice, hopefully. That's that's our goal, at least. But again, we will be taking the next few weeks off. We'll be coming back the week after the Super Bowl. So you can find us then if you have any questions before then, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Bob Blastem, Bob Blast E-M. And you can find me, Kate, at Kate Majuk, M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.